Baghdad, the capital of Iraq, had a large, thriving Jewish community for many, many centuries. Living there was a vegetable vendor named Avraham. He had a small stall in the crowded Baghdad marketplace, but it was big enough for the vegetables he was selling, for he had not many to sell. Avraham was a God-fearing man, and he dealt honestly with his customers. He knew that most of his customers were as poor as he was, so he was very careful not to overcharge them and to not sell them short weight. It's easy to see how difficult it was for Avraham to earn profit from this business. When his wife complained about the little money he brought home every day, he would say to her, Should I rob people? It's certainly an Avera to rob wealthy people, but to rob poor people is even worse. But Avraham was good-spirited. He always had a friendly smile on his face, and his mood made life easier for his family. Avraham's life of sincerity and good deeds did not escape the attention of the Bezdin Shalmaila. The malachim that had been created by Avraham's mitzvahs demanded that Avraham should be rewarded. And indeed, the Bezdin Shalmaila decided that Avraham and his family had borne well their trials and difficulties and that the time had come to reward them. There was no dissenting voice. Even the adversary agreed to the decision. But for a different reason. The adversary hoped that while he had failed to lead Avraham astray through poverty, he might yet succeed in leading him into temptation with the test of wealth. That night, the caliph of Baghdad was sitting in his garden on the roof of his palace with his astrologer. Both were gazing at the stars while the astrologer was telling the caliph what fortunes were in store for the caliph and his kingdom. This astrologer was no friend of the Jews. He was always looking in the night sky for a sign which he could point to as a signal for a calamity to be brought upon the Jews of the caliphate. Suddenly, a bright star streaked across the sky and became extinguished. What is the meaning of this falling star? inquired the caliph. That is the star of David, your majesty, answered the astrologer. It means that the good fortune of the Jews in your kingdom is over. You must drive them out. There may not remain a single Jew within the borders of your kingdom. But the Jews have done me no harm, said the caliph. They are loyal subjects and have brought prosperity to my land. How can I treat them so harshly without any cause? Your majesty, the astrologer replied, the stars do not lie. It would be unwise to defy them. But I've heard it said that the Jews are not subject to the fateful predictions of the stars because God himself takes care of the Jews. You're right, your majesty, but only partially. Jews can avoid the fate of the stars as long as they are loyal to their faith and their way of life. But if they stray from the path of their ancestors, then they weaken their ties with God, and they become like other people whose fate is determined by the stars. The caliph was not a foolish person. 
So he responded to the astrologer's challenge by a challenge of his own. You must prove me two things, said the caliph. First, you must prove that the Jews are not loyal to their traditions. And second, you must prove that their star is declining. If you can prove me both of these things to be true, then I will banish the Jews from my empire. What kind of proof will you accept, your majesty? asked the astrologer. You are the wisest person in my realm. I leave it to you, replied the caliph. So the astrologer thought for a moment and then suggested, Your majesty, let us find a Jew in Baghdad who is both very poor and very pious. Then your majesty will order him to engage in an occupation for which he is not well suited. If he succeeds and becomes wealthy, and if at the same time he does not yield to temptation and remains loyal to his traditions, he remains as pious in wealth as he was in poverty, then I will be proven wrong and I will place my head in your majesty's hands. Good, said the caliph. Go and find your man. The next morning, the caliph and the astrologer, dressed in ordinary street clothes, took a walk through the marketplace in disguise. They walked from one end to the other, and they asked a few people here and there, Tell me, who is the poorest stallkeeper in the marketplace? Everyone's answer was the same. Why, it's Avraham, the vegetable vendor. Then they stopped a few other people and asked them, Who is the most pious vendor in the marketplace? And the answer was the same. The most pious person here is Avraham, the vegetable vendor. Fine, said the astrologer. That's the one I choose. They returned to the palace, and the caliph immediately sent for Avraham. Trembling with fear, Avraham stood before the caliph, wondering what wrong he had done to have been summoned before the king. What is your name? asked the caliph. Your majesty, my name is Avraham. And what is your job, Avraham? I'm a vegetable seller, your majesty. Avraham, would you like to become a doctor? Me? A doctor? Your majesty, surely you're joking. No, declared the caliph. I am quite serious. From now on, you will be a doctor. Your majesty, please. I don't know anything about medicine or doctoring. All I know is vegetables. Avraham, it is my command. From now on, you are a doctor. You may go now. Come back in 30 days, and report on your progress. Avraham went home. His wife took one look at him and said, Avraham, you look sick. Are you well? You must go to a doctor at once. Avraham answered her, Well, then I, I suppose I will have to be my own first patient because I'm now a doctor. Avraham's wife looked at him with a shocked expression. Avraham! Have you lost your mind? You're not a doctor. Yes, I am a doctor. I know it's hard to believe, but the caliph asked to see me today, and when I went to the palace, he told me that I'm now a doctor. Oh, replied his wife. Well, that's a different case altogether. The caliph can fool around with you, but you can't fool around with the caliph. If the caliph said you're a doctor then you better be a doctor. So Avraham sold his vegetable business 
borrowed some money from friends. He bought himself a new suit of clothing and went to the nicest neighborhood in Baghdad and rented a fine house and put a sign on the front door, Avraham the doctor. And almost at once, sick people began to come to the new doctor for treatment. Most of them were wealthy people who complained of all sorts of imaginary illnesses. Avraham treated them in his own way. He told one patient that there was nothing wrong with him except that he worried too much and should put his trust in God. Another patient was told that he ate too much and was told to go on a vegetable diet for one week. Other patients were given prescriptions of Avram's own preparation. Vegetable juices, oils, or even colored sweetened water to be taken internally or applied externally, whatever the case might be. The remarkable thing was that Avraham's medicines proved to be highly effective, bringing quick relief to the patients who sought his advice and help. Avraham's reputation as a wonderful doctor spread throughout the city of Baghdad. Wealthy people and poor people alike filled his waiting room. Avraham charged no fixed fee for his services. He always left the amount up to the patient. Poor patients paid him with their gratitude Wealthy patients paid him well in gold and showered him with gifts. Avraham quickly became a wealthy man. But Avraham's success as a doctor did not make him forget about his poor vegetable customers of former days. Every day, he sent a servant to buy fresh vegetables to be delivered to his former customers. The servant had strict orders not to tell who sent the vegetables. Avraham gave a great deal of charity in many other secret ways. He and his family continued to live modestly, indulging in none of the luxuries so many other wealthy men were accustomed to doing. After 30 days, Avraham went to the palace. He told the guards at the gate that he had orders to appear before the caliph. Sorry, replied the guards. The caliph is very ill. No one can see him now. Well, I'm a doctor. I'm Avraham the doctor. Let me in. Maybe I can cure the caliph. The guards had heard, of course, about the famous Avraham the doctor, and they let him in at once. Avraham rushed to the chamber where the caliph lay in his royal bed, groaning with pain. A fishbone had become stuck in his throat. His physicians were trying to take it out, but were only pushing it in further. The caliph angrily waved them away and prepared to meet his maker. Your majesty, said Avraham, I'm Avraham the doctor. I have come. But before he could finish, the caliph took one look at him and burst out laughing. The caliph's uncontrollable laughter was soon accompanied by a fit of strong coughing. The caliph coughed and coughed so much that he coughed up the fishbone that had been stuck in his throat. Caliph felt relieved at once. The pain was gone. He could breathe freely. He jumped out of bed and hugged Avraham. Avraham, you've saved my life. How shall I reward you? Your Majesty, you owe me no thanks or reward. It's the Almighty, the Reifei Chalbasar, the healer of all flesh, who has healed your Majesty, as he has healed also my other patients, through no skill of my own. Avraham, that's all the more credit to you. From now on, you will be my doctor.
Now we have a little business with the astrologer. Bring the royal astrologer at once. The guards ushered the astrologer into the caliph's room. You, you have forfeited your head, said the caliph when the astrologer appeared. If you're a good astrologer, then you would have known that. It seems to me that the falling star we saw was not the star of David after all. It was your star, and it has fallen. The astrologer fell to the ground at the caliph's feet, begging for mercy. I will place your fate in the hands of my new doctor, Avraham. Whatever he decides to do to you is what will be done. Your majesty, said Avraham, I have seen many sick people in the course of my short medical career, but never have I seen a sicker patient than this man here. However, I believe that he's been cured too. Let him remain your astrologer as before, as long as he promises to never meddle with the Jews again. I I promise, I promise, said the astrologer. And that's the end of that, said the caliph happily, which is also the end of our happy story. Thank you.